Graham, I don't hate Tom Brady. Do you hate Tom Brady? Yeah, I hate Tom Brady. I definitely hate Tom Brady. You got a big dream board with like it's just got Tom Brady's head on it and arrows in it. Yeah. yeah. Because you're such a huge Bills fan, when was the last time you were this excited about a Buffalo Bills signal caller? I would say never. Never felt this optimistic at all. The future of the franchise is locked in. And let's talk Bills. I'm Eric, and I am joined, as always, by Graham. What is up, Graham? Not much, man. It's been a long time since we talked, but the preseason is finally complete. So I am thrilled that we can start getting into meaningful football conversations because the season is coming. Oh my God, me too. I felt like the doldrums of the season were like late June and stuff like that. But I've realized this is pretty terrible too. Like this last week before the season starts, especially, does it seem, uh, is it because there's one less preseason game? So it feels like there's less or, or like the preseason kind of, comes to an abrupt end and then we're just waiting a week before football starts honestly that might be true but it just drives me crazy to think that if you just gave me another preseason football game to watch it would make me happy because i am sick of preseason football i don't want to watch any more of it so i actually am not at all in pain over this last week you got college football so I, i got into that yesterday Fantasy football leagues are having their drafts. There's enough going on, you know, that I'm not. I got a great team, by the way. I feel really good about my squad. You think? I don't know. I think you're in trouble. No, I don't think so. I think I'm good. Well, you better pull your team out of the pits because you've been dragging this league down for the last three plus seasons. Yeah, right. I had one bad season last season. It was pretty okay. It was pretty okay. But it's, you know, it's maybe... Not always the number one priority, so I got to get back on my horse this season. You're right about oh, that. Oh, so the excuse is that you just weren't putting enough time yeah. or effort into yeah. I see. Yeah. All right. Exactly. That's a, res- a respectable take to have. You can't just but take you know your what? L like a man. You have to throw we, excuses out there. We always try hard with this podcast, don't we? And we are certainly trying hard today because we have another pretty competitive projection coming up, don't we, Graham? We do. Uh, We have to talk about how we did with our roster projections, and we also then have to get into what we think is going to happen in the NFL this season because week one kicks off on Thursday night. So we've got to say who we think is going to win each division. And not only that, who's going to make the playoffs this year because we got to get on record with that before the season starts. Last year, we did pretty well with this. So uh, if anybody out there is keeping score, I think we're a podcast you want to tap into for your season-long playoff predictions yeah definitely for all you betting big money out there (laughs) i was gonna say we should maybe (laughs) should we get like a a a betting um website to sponsor us or something like that get phineas to fire up our own little casino app just for the let's talk request is gonna have to come from me because you and phineas are on shaky ground my friend oh yeah obviously you everything's got to run through you i'm done with him But we are going to talk about who we think is going to win each division, who are the playoff teams. um, And so then you can take your money right to the casino after we give our advice. All right, let's do this. Um, First things first, who won the uh, roster projections, Graham? You did win. You had a better year projecting rosters than I did. Um, And I have to eat a little bit of crow because I was giving you kind of a hard time for some of these picks. Um, I remember (laughs) 
thinking your Tyler Medikevich pick was ridiculous because he was injured for almost the entirety of training camp, and he does nothing but play special teams. Not only did he make the roster based on like captain a baby week of playing, he's a captain. So <laughs> you uh, good call there, not making the same mistake three years in Thank a row. You. There's something about Tyler Medikevich that uh, McBean just can't possibly stand to let go of that's what i was banking on this season i said it right like he's burned me too many times i cannot or i could not in the past uh even like conceive of the bills keeping a special teams only guy who cost them like three million against the cap but they've done it three plus seasons right something like that so uh it was time that i finally changed my tune and got on the medikevich train well good for you there um, the Brandon Shell experiment came to an abrupt end right he after gone. we predicted our rosters, and you <laughs> scratched him from your list at the eleventh hour. So uh, you did not get penalized for him. To be you- fair, I did forget that he was on the roster, which is the reason I initially left him off, and then I added him again until, as you said, at the eleventh hour, I uh, you know got cold feet and said he was gone. So. I would normally be inclined to chalk up a lot of your successes here to to luck, but I'm not going to do that here because there's just too many instances of it. You must just know something that I didn't know. I've got sources. Because you also predicted Kingsley Jonathan would make the team, and when you made that prediction, it felt, whether you were acting or not, like you were just like, eh, what the heck? This guy's kind of neat. And you threw him on the list and he made the roster somehow. Also, you left off Boogie Basham, who we both said um, was a trade candidate. But like mm-hmm. to bet on that is a pretty gutsy move. And you were right. He did not make the team because they traded into the Giants right before final cuts. So uh, your final numbers come in at of the 53 man roster. You correctly predicted 50 of them. Not to mention that one of those incorrect predictions is our buddy Turd Ferguson, who technically is on the roster now, but didn't make the 53 because they had him wait in the parking lot when they did official cutdowns. Yeah, right. And then they called him in to sign him to a roster so that they could move, I think, Justin Shorter to IR. Yeah, Justin Shorter's on IR and Balen Spector as well. So when they moved Balen Spector, Balen Spector to IR, they brought in a, a tackle, a new offensive lineman, and his name escapes me right now, but I'm going to look him up because um, he's kind of a journeyman. So they made two kind of moves here. Justin Shorter was injured, but they wanted to protect him, so they had him make the 53, and then they moved him to IR and brought uh, Reed Ferguson onto the roster. And then the other move that they made was in order to keep uh, Balen Specter. He was also hurt. Same deal. And they brought... What's his name? Oh, I have no Jermaine Ifedi. Um, oh, from the Seahawks. Well, he yeah. was drafted by the Seahawks, right? He's played he's bounced in, around a little bit, but he's a former first round pick. Yeah, he's played in the league since 2016. He's he's got a lot of Brandon Shell properties. He's a veteran. Really, kind of only plays the right tackle side. So they sort of replaced what they had there, um, so that there's something behind Spencer Brown in case he doesn't meet his potential or gets injured or whatever you got somebody who can step up and uh and start at that position who's got some experience so sure. those were the two sure. moves they made that were kind of like behind the scenes uh, ir designation sliding people around type moves but other than that we did okay um i had three other incorrect picks in addition to the three that you also had wrong i thought jamarcus ingram would make the team 
he didn't. He ended up on the practice squad. Um, also, I had Boogie Basham, and I had David Questenberry, who they they cut. Mm, and I'm fine right. with that because it seems like Ryan Vandemark played so well in the preseason for them and in training camp that they kind of trust that he can do a little bit of swing tackle duty and um, he can play left tackle. It seems like he's slotted in at the number two left tackle behind Deion Dawkins. And then you got Jermaine Ifedi, who's behind Spencer Brown on the right side. I think that's still a big weak point on the offensive line, but it's nice that they've made a little bit of moves to shore it up, and uh, we'll see how it goes from here. Right, but the thing I like about Ryan Vandemark, too, and I think which kind of spelled... um, Questenberry's doom is the fact that someone pointed out he and um, who was the other guy? Alec Anderson, maybe? Yes. He and Alec Anderson are both on two year deals. So like they're super young cost controlled players that the Bills, I think, want to have and develop in their roster instead of uh, 32 year old plus uh, tackle in Questenberry, who's, you know, past his development point. So that makes total sense to me. I like the move. But in terms of moves that you are surprised by for any reason, positive or negative, what stood out to you from, yeah, this roster trim down day and stuff? Um, As far as cuts, I guess I was surprised that the offensive line turnover was as high as it was. I mean, they brought in Connor McGovern and, um, Cybo Torrance as guys who you figured would make this team, but I did not see Ryan Vandemark or Alec Anderson making the team out of camp. I think we saw David Edwards as a pretty legitimate shot at that. He's new to the right. team, free agency signing. He did make it, but they dumped Butker, who's an offensive lineman who they've had for years and thought could really be a versatile interior piece for the most part. And just I think that Achilles injury just really made it so he's not reliable or he fell behind in his development. Um, and then David Questenberry, too. So a lot of that offensive line turnover was surprising to me. Hmm. I was surprised. <clears throat> Not that they traded Boogie Basham, obviously, because I uh, <laughs> you know, mentioned that that was a possibility. <laughs> I was surprised by how little they received in return for him. Yeah, they got what nothing. What the hell, man? Former second-round pick. You got to call that buddy who wrote the article him, I think. saying how valuable he is to Bills and Bills fans. <laughs> obviously not because they got yeah. rid of him for a bag of peanuts it was like a right. sixth round pick two f- years from now that they got back for him and they had to give away right. a seventh round pick in addition to boogie so it's pretty uh pretty uh underwhelming in terms of return yeah um i was also surprised that they only kept uh or they only have five active receivers on the roster right now i thought that with um you know, Justin Shorter going on IR, even though it is short-term IR, they do predict having him back at some point during the season. He's going to be gone for at least four weeks, and I thought that they would bring in some wide receiver or maybe even activate Andy Isabella, who is on the practice squad right now. The other thing is they have not upgraded the backup quarterback position. Kyle Allen did not look good at any point during the preseason, from my point of view. Uh, They have cut... Matt Barkley, right, or placed him on injured reserve, one or the other. Can't remember. He's done for and they the brought year, him, but he'll be right. in the in the facility he'll be in the anyway. building. But still, he's done for the year. And then they brought in Shane. I can't. I don't know what his name is. I'm gonna guess Buscelli. it's Beakley. Beakley. Um, Whoa. Yeah. 
Really? I think, I think that's it. Because he played at Texas, didn't he? I was going to say, you should know. He did play at Texas, but I think he finished his career at SMU. I uh, thought I remembered I him. Can't remember or don't know how to pronounce his last name. They did bring him in. I read good things about him from the Chiefs training camp, but he was waived and he was waived for a reason, I'm sure. So I wonder um, if at some point he might be activated over Kyle Allen. But like I said, Kyle Allen did not look good during the preseason. I do not want a, uh, him to be the primary backup to Josh if anything happens. Yeah, the backup quarterback situation is concerning. I mean, there are two ways to look at it, though, too. The, the scenario that's the doomsday scenario that you need to protect against is a scenario where Josh terribly gets an injury that he will come back from, but it's going to be most of the season, right? Or like half the season yeah. before he does. Because in that situation, you need somebody who can get you into the playoff race so that Josh can come back and start winning playoff games for you. If Josh ever suffered like a season-ending injury, none of this matters anyway. It doesn't matter who your quarterback is. In the AFC, if you don't have Josh for the playoffs, it's done. So you could look at it from the perspective that like if Josh goes down, it's that's the end, you know. But there are some situations where if you had that guy, he might be able to get you through a stretch so that when Josh does come back, you're in a position to still win a Super Bowl. I'm sure they're looking... Here. They're absolutely sure. looking for an opportunity to get somebody in. And they were in the mix uh, for Trey Lance. It was reported that they. Oh, yeah, that's they, right. They did talk with the 49ers about trying to make a trade for him. So they're obviously okay, so working things. We were, we were. That's a good point. Real quick. I just want to uh, share a little bit of football wisdom. Tom Moore, the uh, he was the offensive coordinator for the Colts when Peyton was playing there. He famously said once when somebody complained that the backup quarterbacks never got any reps during practice, they asked him why that would be. And he said, well, if Peyton, if Peyton isn't playing, then we're effed and we don't practice effed. So maybe that's the kind of mindset the Bills have. If, they, yeah. if Josh goes down for any point in time, they think that, you know, it's not worth worrying about anyway at that juncture. Uh, in terms of what you just said, I completely forgot. So please refresh my memory. Before I shared that tidbit, what did you say? That they were in the market for Trey Lance and right, obviously right, right. still looking. We were complaining about Boogie Basham only getting a seventh or sixth round draft pick in return, right? But damn, how do you feel if you're a Niners fan and you traded three first round picks to get Trey Lance, who later, I guess in his third season, went for a fourth round pick in return? And that was crazy to me because it was like the bills were in the running, but their offer was too low. Fourth round right. pick already seems very, very low for a guy who was drafted three overall. Yeah. So for those of you out there who are thinking, oh, just trade Kyir Elam and get back what you, <laughs> right. what you spent on him. No, it's keep him around. There's no way that what you trade for him is going to be worth what you think he would be worth or what the bills think he would be worth. So it's better sure. off having him around. Um, one more thing on the roster that I just wanted to make sure that I pointed out. My boy, Richard Go Rage, he made the practice oh, squad, baby. He did indeed. So he I'm going to be the getting practice points squad. for that. You cleaned, up, you cleaned up on the practice squad. And I do have to say, you know, it, it kind of, on the one hand, I was very happy to have nailed my Boogie Basham predi prediction. But on the other hand, it hurt me as the same guy who drafted him number one overall in, the, in our rookie draft two <laughs> years true. ago. So, woof. Yeah. Um, 
The other thing that hurt was watching uh, Nick Broker get cut by the Bills. He did get signed by the Texans. He was claimed by the Texans as, as well as Alex Austin, the Bills' other seventh-round draft pick defensive back. But Nick Broker, offensive lineman, was in my rookie draft class. Maybe he'll get some time with the Texans and earn me some points, but uh, that hurt. Yeah, and we'll talk a little bit about the Texans. They also have Devin Singletary. Um, and they are maybe in the running this year for one of those bottom-tier rosters. It's maybe not as clear-cut as it seemed last year that they would finish last, but um, they're one of those teams that's just soaking up everybody's castaways because they don't have as much talent as most teams do. Spent a couple of years with the most expensive, oldest players in the league, and now they got to kind of retool there. All right. There are a couple teams like that when you really think about it. There are a couple teams that are very like top heavy, old, expensive veterans, and then just a bunch of nobodies. So yeah, why don't we start going through these divisions, Graham, and see how we feel about each and every one of them and which teams are going to come out on top in terms of the playoffs. Yeah. So what we're going to do here is we are going to run through each division. We're going to predict how we think that division is going to finish in terms of which team will be first, second, third, or fourth. And then in addition to that, which of those teams are going to make the postseason? Keep in mind that the winner of each division automatically makes the postseason. Then there are three wildcard slots available as well. So you could potentially have a whole division make the playoffs, but that would mean no wildcard teams from any other team in the division. So right. did you say you wanted to start with the AFC East or finish with the AFC East? Uh, let's finish with the AFC East because I do have some literature I want to share with you regarding the AFC East. Excellent. Then let's start in the NFC. Least, less interesting to us, right? We're AFC yeah. guys. The team we follow is AFC. The AFC is considered the better, or better conference this year. So let's go all the way over to the AFC or NFC South. I would consider Oof. this division to just be the pit of the NFL this year. You've got the Atlanta Falcons, the Carolina Panthers, the New Orleans Saints, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'll give my prediction it's, here. I think Atlanta's going to win this okay. division because they are young. I'm not impressed by them, but they've got a lot of talent that they've loaded up over the past couple of years through the draft. And the rest of the league is just going to struggle to put an NFL roster on the field on any given day. So I'm going Atlanta, making the playoffs. And then after that, Carolina, New Orleans, Tampa, but no wildcard teams out of the NFC South. Ooh, we have a very different um, yeah, projection here. Well, not really. I have the Falcons at number one. All right. They are going to the playoffs. I have the Saints at number two. I do think Dennis Allen has a solid enough roster to work with to uh, win some games and finish second place in that division. I also do not see this division sending two teams to the playoffs, so the Falcons are my one and only uh, playoff team but after the saints i have the bucks and then i have the panthers finishing last and that hurts me because i like frank reich a lot as a coach but uh the panthers just look kind of like a mess right now in terms of their roster and i think it's a lot of players who um you know are from the previous regime and they haven't brought in their own uh, new guys to fill out this roster in a way that Frank Reich wants it. And I don't see them being very competitive this season. Yeah. I really only followed them um, through the preseason just a little bit and watched them get smoked by the jets in that first preseason game. 
Yeah. Top rookie quarterback, Bryce Young, he's on this team. So you're predicting kind of a disastrous first year for him? I do. Yep. Not through any fault of his own, really. I, I think his weapons aren't great. His offensive line looks messy. And uh, yeah, I don't like that defense a whole lot. So. All right. We agree pretty much on that division, though. Falcons, the only team coming out. And um, they will host a first round playoff game in which they will be annihilated by some <laughs> wild card team. No, coming out I don't of a see it division. that way. I, I think the Falcons can be sneaky good. And I think that because they are zigging while every other team is zagging, every team is getting super pass heavy. Their defense is adjusting to play against offenses built that way. And the Falcons, man, they're just pouring money into their offensive line drafting running backs in the first round even though they had a thousand yard rusher as a fifth round uh rookie the previous season and their quarterback position is in my mind the weakest on offense so uh if he can be just a decent game manager that's desmond ritter i think that he could lead the falc a very yeah powerful ground and pound kind of team and those are the teams that traditionally have kind of shown out in the uh playoffs so We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Um, In the NFC, that that's probably enough to get it done this year for at least right. the short term. Let's start with, or let's go next to the NFC North because I think this could be an interesting division, but I see the team at the top being very much the opposite of the Falcons' ground and pound scheme, and that is uh, the Lions. Yeah, man, me too. Yeah, I think the Lions are going to build off of the momentum that they built last season. They barely, barely missed the playoffs. And What a shame. Uh, I, think, I really thought they were going to get it together. And they played the Bills in such a great game. I was thinking they were a good team and probably would make the postseason. The one nice thing, though, remember, is that they, at the end of the season, won the game that kept the Packers out of the playoffs, right? So that's pretty cool. Yeah, you're right. It wasn't a loss season. But I like the Lions. I like their offense. I think they have a lot of uh, tools on defense, especially a lot of high draft picks that really showed out last season. And I think they're just going to get better with a more dynamic guy at running back, uh, Jameer Gibbs, drafted in the first round, pretty high in the first round. I think he was 11th overall or something like that, which nobody really expected. And uh, I think he's going to be a very good all-purpose back in this exciting Lions offense. So they're my number one team. I have them going to the playoffs. At number two, I have the Packers. And I think Jordan Love is going to be better than people think. And this is not going to be a lost Packers season. I have them going to the playoffs as well in the NFC. Yeah. And then I have the Vikings, who I think are not going to be nearly as good or as lucky as they were last season. And finishing off that division is the Bears in last place. All right. I agree with you that that I think um, the Vikings will take a step back, but that's just because last year they weren't even as good as their record showed. And yeah, they got rid of Dalvin Cook. They're kind of cleaning their books a little bit and making sure their their contracts make a little more sense. But they still have an unbelievable receiver core and Kirk Cousins can do the job. So I'm not writing them out of the playoff picture just yet. I like Detroit first. I'm still going Minnesota second. I think Chicago will take a couple steps forward, but I'm not a believer in Justin Fields and what they've got going on there, turning everything around by very much. I think their defense might be a little better. He might have a little more of a firm grasp of the offense and make some damage or do some damage with his legs. But I'm going Chicago third, Green Bay last. 
and Whoa. Detroit and Minnesota coming out of the north. Okay. So I'm putting my neck out there with the Packers, but you definitely think that they are going to be a bad team. And I guess you think Jordan Love is not going to be good, huh? Um, I don't know if, if I think, well, this year, yes. I would say this year, I don't think it's going to be a successful season for the Packers. But, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think you can base everything on what happens in his first year as a starter. Sure, sure. All right. Where do you want to go next, east or west? West. Um, okay, go for the it. West is interesting. We were just talking about the 49ers, how they traded their first-round draft pick quarterback who they never even tried to make work for a fourth-round pick or something like that. They are baffling in that they wasted that resource and still have this unbelievable roster that a lot of people are picking yeah. to go to the Super Bowl. Like Quarterback is confusing, and they're still one of the best teams. This could just be a product of, you know, being in the NFC, it also could be that their defense is just so unbelievably elite that they most people think that's going to carry them a lot of the way. But I do think San Francisco wins the division. I think the Seattle thing last year was pretty impressive, but I don't know that that gets as far along as it did. So I'm going to go San Francisco getting into the playoffs, the only team from this division that gets into the playoffs, um, and then Seattle, L.A., and at the bottom, Arizona. Okay. That's a great point with the, the 49ers and their strong roster and the idea that they yeah wasted that pick. I've got the 49ers at the top and there's no doubt about that for me. I mean, even if Brock Purdy is or takes a step back from the excellent game manager that he was last season, their offense is just so filled with weapons. Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, who I think is going to be really, really good. Debo Samuel, uh, George Kittle and a solid offensive line, it's going to be nuts, that offense. I have the Seahawks at number two, and I do have them making the playoffs. Uh, And you could argue that the Seahawks waste a lot of draft picks too, especially because they just spent another second-round draft pick on a running back, uh, Zach Charbonnet, I think. Mm. But I feel like they're going to be a very good offense, solid defense with a lot of young players last season that contributed to contributed a ton and should get better because of that. And then I know everybody's penciling in the Cardinals as being the very worst team in the league, but I think the Cardinals are going to finish better than the Rams. (laughs) Yeah, that's going to be my big pick out of the, the West because I think the Rams are that team that have just a very few, very, very expensive bunch of, um, veterans that are maybe on the downside of their career. Certainly Matthew Stafford is, especially based on all the uh, injuries and stuff he dealt with last season. Who knows how he's going to play this year. And Cooper Cup is seeing a body specialist this week to figure out why he's had so many problems with his hamstrings. So that doesn't bode well for him. And basically they just have those two on offense uh, and then pretty bad offensive line with a bunch of no names at running back. And uh, their defense is just Aaron Donald. And I don't think that's enough. So I think the Rams are in sneaky position to contend for the number one overall pick in the draft. And I think that would be actually kind of cool for them to get uh, in position to draft uh, Caleb Williams, the USC quarterback, and keep him in L.A. as their uh, first overall pick. So we'll see what happens there. We'll see. The thing... 
this Caleb Williams sweepstakes is going to be kind of a story this season because there's going to be a lot of people claiming that teams are tanking intentionally to get him. Sure. The Cardinals are a team that a lot of people have said they are going to the bottom to get Caleb Williams because they aren't ready to deal with Kyler Murray anymore. They're going to have to get rid of Kyler Murray. That's part of it. That's the thing. I don't believe that because they just made a huge investment in Kyler Murray. And I feel like if you're going to part ways with your coaching staff or the quarterback, which is usually the case, like, I mean, the Seahawks did it when they parted ways with uh, Russell Wilson instead of Pete Carroll. I think that it's like the Cardinals basically made it clear that they're standing behind Kyler Murray and do not believe he was the issue in the Cliff Kingsbury uh, offense. So I I think that's all overplayed and overblown that they're going to part ways with Kyler Murray. I don't see it happening. I do feel like they're putting themselves in position for the first overall pick, but I don't think it's anything. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. One thing too, do the Let's go. Rams even own yeah. their first overall pick? Haven't they traded like every pick they're ever going to own in the last five years? <laughs> that's a good, actually, that's a good point. Damn, I didn't even look into that. Uh, I don't think that they've traded, that they have yet <laughs> traded this year's All first right, round. if you say so. Pick, but yeah, who knows? All right, so in the East to finish off the NFC, I've got the Eagles number one. I don't think there's any question about that. Jalen Hurts is a beast. Their offense is amazing and their defense played really really well last year and i think that it could be just as good this year even though they lost their defensive coordinator and a couple of uh, key pieces on the defensive line i have the cowboys at number two and i have the cowboys making the playoffs as well being my third and final wild card team i have the giants finishing third and the commanders fourth yeah, I have pretty similar. Um, I'm going out on a limb, and I'm going to suggest that maybe the Cowboys take the division. So give me Dallas first, Philly second. The only reason I would okay. think this, um, I think that Philly made quite a run last year. They are going to be the team that everybody's got their sights set on in the NFC, and I think there will be a little bit of extra study of how they did that. It's their first year doing that so successfully. So uh, we will see if Jalen Hurts can keep things going and keep the offense fresh. But I'm going to go Dallas 1, Philly 2, New York 3, and I think all three of those teams make the postseason, the Commanders Ooh, being wow. the only Again. team that does not. Yeah, I like what Brian okay. Dable's doing in New York. I think what he did last year was impressive, and if you can make the playoffs in your first year with that team, I think you got a pretty good shot at keeping the ball rolling, especially in the NFC. The only thing that the NFC has going against them is because of the schedule rotation, they're playing the NFC East, or it's... NFC East versus AFC East. So all these teams, right. Dallas, Philly, New York, Washington, they have to play that's actually, us and New York that's and Miami. actually the reason. So it's going to be harder to get three teams. Right. But I, I still think it's right. going to happen because the NFC is just so weak. The other divisions are going to have the same problem, even though they're up against maybe inferior AFC divisions. Like you look at the, the West going against the AFC West, the AFC West is going to destroy the NFC West. And the NFC North going to get annihilated by the AFC North. So this is the same problem everywhere. It's just that, you know, the AFC East, we seem to think is a cut above the others in a lot of situations. Well, that's the thing. I I think the East is probably the best division in football right now, the AFC East, that is. And for that reason, I chose the Packers to get into the playoffs because I think that the AFC North is just a touch below. And I believe that the Giants are going to suffer for having to face all four AFC East teams, whereas the Packers can maybe squeak out 
a couple of wins there against the North. Yeah, interesting strategy there. Um, so let's take a look at the NFC. Now, for me, I think when you talk about the worst team in the NFL, you're probably talking about one of these NFC teams. There is one team in the AFC who I think could potentially, uh, or two maybe in the AFC, who could potentially be the worst team in the NFL. But is your worst team in the NFL one of these NFC teams? Oh, yeah, it's uh, the Rams. Oh, so you, you're putting that in the books. The Rams will be the worst team in the NFL this season. No, but they will be a contender. I well, believe. we're predicting, right? Don't we have to predict who's going to be oh, the worst uh, team, who's going to be the best team? Okay, give me the Rams. Yeah, I'll take the Rams. Right. I'll go hard on my take. Yeah, that's a pretty good pick. Um, I am actually going to say it's the Arizona Cardinals. I think they okay. I buy into the fact that they would love to have Caleb Williams. And uh, I think they're going for the bottom. So uh, however they're going to do that, if they're going to have to trade Kyler Murray to somebody who wants to fix just quarterback, that's their only problem, and try to get what they can out of it and then just start all over with Caleb Williams, I think they would do that. So give me Arizona as the worst team in football this year. I mean, you're... Who knows? Because this is the Cardinals. This is the organization that drafted a quarterback, what was it, ninth overall one year? Yeah. And then just dumped him to get Kyler Murray the very next. So maybe, yeah, in their mind, Kyler Murray is old news, but I just don't see it. All right. So let's go to the AFC. AFC. Uh, well, let's start with the South then, which I think is that other division that you feel might produce the other potential worst teams in the league, right? Honestly, the AFC, to me, just looking at them on paper, is so much better than the NFC. Like, you could take almost any team out of any division in the AFC, put them in any division in the NFC, and I think they'd make the playoffs. Except maybe uh, two teams. Yeah, <laughs> Right. So, Which we'll talk about here in the, the Yeah, so in the South, um, I think the Jaguars are taking a step forward. I like what they've done with Trevor Lawrence. Their playoff win last year was unbelievable. I'm not a Jags fan, but I don't hate the Jags either, so they're one of those rare AFC teams that I am kind of cool with if they do well. Uh, but I think they're going to win the South, and they'll be the only representative from the AFC South with Tennessee finishing second outside the playoff race. And then I think Houston is three and Indy is four. You and I have the same exact... Indy is such a dumpster fire right now that I don't even know how they're going to get off the ground just with they have a rookie quarterback that I don't have a lot of faith is going to be unbelievable this year they've got a good receiving weapon for him I suppose but I don't think that he's in any position to succeed in year one and they're supposed to have this elite running back the greatest running back in the league who's going to just take all the pressure off this kid but he's out for four weeks and doesn't even want to play for them their owner is at odds with their running back. They've argued in the media, and he's requesting trades. It's a mess, and I think Houston is a mess too on paper, but they drafted a quarterback in the first round who they seem to think has the talent they need to push him forward. He's highly, more highly touted um, anyway than Richardson, and I think they've been slowly improving for the last year at least, whereas Indy just hit their bottom. Houston hit their bottom, and now they're trying to climb back up. So um, give me Houston to finish third. So we have the same exact ordering. As I said, Jaguars make the playoffs. Obviously, the Titans do not in my mind. Uh, Texans number three, Colts number four. But the thing that 
actually for me it was cold set number four or cold set number two and the reason for that variance is because you and i both picked the colts last season to be the division winners Mm -hmm. and some of the pieces that made us feel that way are still in place like the offensive line which is coming off of a very bad season all the pieces are still there the wide receiver room you could say has been upgraded um the thing is will jonathan taylor eventually play for this team that's one big question and how good will anthony richardson be in his rookie season that's another question if he doesn't make a whole ton of mistakes and is the dynamic running threat that all the colts front office seems to believe he can be then they could finish as high as number two in this division in my mind but uh I lean more towards what you've said. I do not think that he's going to be anything special his rookie year, and he's got major issues with accuracy. So for that reason, I'm going to put them at number four. Yep, I'm sure it hurts you. They're kind of your de facto number two rooting interest, right? But you got to call a spade a spade. But, you know, like without Daniel Daniel Snyder in, uh, in the owner's seat over in Washington, I think that... Jim Ursay is in the running to be the worst owner in the NFL. He's just a freaking mess, man. He's all over social media, barking all the time, and he seems has directly created a big-time fission with, as you said, their star player running back, Jonathan Taylor. It's, I don't know, man. He just needs to shut up. You're publicly arguing with people within your own organization. You've gone off the rails. There's like no way to fix this. I feel bad for their general manager. Chris Ballard, I think, is good at his job, but I don't know if he's been able to really do everything he's wanted to do in the general manager position because it seems Jim Ursay is sort of, you know, pulling the strings from above, which as the owner of the team, he has every right to do. But most good owners uh, hire good people to do that job for them. So I don't know. Um, Let's go over to the AFC North, shall we? Let's do it. Um, one of my least favorite teams in the league, a new addition to my list of least favorite teams in the league, mm. is the Cincinnati Bengals. I hope they finish near the top so that we can play them in the playoffs again, and this time we can stuff it down their throats and annihilate them. I want the Bengals to play the Bills in the playoffs so we can embarrass them and then erase what happened last year. I also think they're the best team in this division. So give me the Chiefs or give me the Bengals to finish first. And then, uh, you know, you can't bet against John Harbaugh. So Baltimore, too. Hmm. Uh, I think Cleveland is three, but I think they'll finish outside the playoff race. So uh, Bengals, Ravens, Browns, Steelers at the bottom. Again, the Steelers, if they were in some NFC division, I think they could make the postseason because they've got young talent that's extremely talented, a good coach, a defense that's got a lot of tools but it's just an incredibly different, difficult road to the playoffs. So I think they're at the bottom of the division. All right. So you and I have a pretty different order here. I've got the Ravens at number one, ah. which should make you happy as the world's number one John Harbaugh fan. Uh, I have the Ravens at number one because I think a healthy and happy Lamar Jackson is a very good Lamar Jackson. And uh, yeah, I definitely see them being the division winner here as good as the Bengals have. By the way, I do not like the Ravens at all. I hate the Ravens. I do not root for Lamar Jackson in the least. It's John Harbaugh, however, 
he's very impressive. Yep. So yep. I'm not betting against them. Yeah, it's it's tough sometimes to witness the struggle within you because you are such a Ravens hater and a Harbaugh lover. Yeah. It's really tough. I really need him to uh, take a job somewhere else so that I can be at peace. Yeah. The Bills. Perhaps. <laughs> uh, the Bengals are number two for me. Uh, you know, it's, it's tight between them and the Ravens at number one, but I just think that Lamar Jackson is going to put them over the edge this season. Um, so Bengals number two, I have the Steelers at number three. I do think the Steelers are a young ascending team. I believe the Browns are the opposite. I believe the Browns are a descending squad. Their creep quarterback is probably hopefully going to be, uh, even worse this season after a terrible showing in the 2022 season. And for that reason, I'm putting the Browns at number four. Well, I think you could ask eight different people how this division is going to shake out and you get eight different answers. So right. we'll see what happens sure. for real. But of those teams, who's getting into the postseason? Oh, did I not say I that? Don't okay, know I've got did. Ravens. No, I didn't. I got Ravens, obviously, as a division winner. And then I do have the Bengals making the playoffs. All right. So the Steelers, I do think, are going to be a very competitive team, maybe even a double-digit win team, but uh, not a playoff team because, yeah, I have another playoff team. I mean, if you just said every team in the AFC is going to split games in their own division, that's three wins. Let's not say they sweep the NFC games, but let's say they go three and one. So there's another six wins. You've got an extra NFC game that most AFC games will teams will probably win. So that's seven wins. And then in your crossover games against another division in the AFC, if even if you go 50-50, that's, you're at nine wins right there. I think most AFC teams are going to be close to nine wins because of how dominant they're going to be, be over the NFC. Right. Could be. All right. So let's go to the West next, shall we? And at the top of the West, I have the Raiders. Just kidding. I have the Chiefs number one. <laughs> Did I scare you? Did you think I... <laughs> uh, Chiefs number one. It's no surprise. Defending Super Bowl champs, and they seem to get stronger each and every season, no matter who they lose. And they did lose a big player for them this past offseason. Orlando Brown Jr., their left tackle, who played really well for them, is gone, and he signed with the Bengals, which could upgrade the Bengals and hurt the Chiefs. But we saw last season the Chiefs lost Tyreek Hill and were still just as explosive, just as uh, dangerous on offense without him. So I'm not going to count against the Chiefs. They are my number one team in the West. Then I have the Chargers who in spite of an epic collapse in the playoffs and one of the ultimate botch jobs in NFL coaching that I've ever seen, uh, I do think that they have a strong roster and Justin Herbert is like ascending in a way that is only matched by Trevor Lawrence. And I believe the two of them are going to enter the ranks of the quarterback elite this season. So the Chargers are another wild card team for me. And then to round out the division, it's the Broncos in third place and the Raiders in fourth yep, place. Yep, I have the exact same rankings there. Um, I tried to get cute last year and pick the Chargers to finally take the division. It, you just can't bet against the Chiefs when they've got Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid running the show and they still have Travis Kelsey doing his thing. It's just too too unfair in their favor right now to pick them to not win the division. Um, right. I have... LA making the playoffs again. By the way, did you know, did we talk about this in that playoff game that they lost? Did you know that that took the record away from the Bills for having the greatest comeback of all time? Oh, I did not. Yep, know. It erased the Bills record 
by one or two points. The I forget the number here, but the Chargers were up by more than the Oilers were in that wild card game. Wow. And the Jags erased a greater deficit to win. So frustrating that we lost that claim to fame. And I'll always hold that against the Chargers. I have the same two teams making the playoffs too, Kansas City and LA. All right, cool. And last but not least, Graham, before we get to the AFC East, let me share some literature with you. okay? Okay. We had an article that came out, published August 30th by Mike Florio, the uh, number one talking head and I believe founder of Pro Football Talk. The article titled, Are the Bills in Danger of Finishing in Fourth Place in the AFC East? Question mark. Uh, I'll just skim through here. The Bills currently feel like a Jenga tower. With each move, things get a little more wobbly. What have the Bills done to get better? What have they done to address their flaws? The problem for the Bills is that both the Dolphins and the Jets have jumped them during the 2023 offseason. Wow. Uh, And while on paper the Bills remain superior to the Patriots, there's a non-zero chance that Belichick will manage to get his team to overachieve and possibly pick off the Bills. Hey, you want people to read your articles, you got to write something wild, right? So go out there and make some crazy claims. The Jets and Dolphins have not jumped the Buffalo Bills any more than the Broncos yeah, and Chargers have jumped the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, you don't get to say a team has leapfrogged another team in the offseason. Right, <laughs> and it's just so factually stated. Yeah. That's the problem Like, the whole them, article is, is the predicated the on us and Jets accepting. Are now better. Okay, well, now that we all know that the Jets and Dolphins are better than the Bills, what happened here, and will they also be worse than the Patriots? Like, no, your your right. premise is stupid, and so now I don't want to listen to anything you have to say after this. I think if you're what you're saying is Agreed. that Tremaine Edmonds is gone, and that feels like, oh, now there's a whole middle linebacker, and the offensive line still isn't perfect. Yeah, you could say you lost some pieces and didn't replace them, but I think that the Bills' offense also got better. I think their weapons are more established. You've got James Cook, who's going to be the bell cow for the Bills this year, and almost certainly will be more effective than Devin Singletary on a game-by-game basis. Uh, The defense is still very strong everywhere other than that middle linebacker position. I think the defensive line got better. I think that the offensive line may be stagnated, but there's, you know, that remains to be seen on the interior. Oh, disagree. You think it got worse? Wait, stagnated? No, I think they're going to be better. Okay, yeah, well, I think they're either what they were last year or they got better, but they didn't do anything crazy. It's not like they made some free agency signing or spent a first round draft pick to really prioritize that. I don't think that's going to be what? much greater. Yeah, or... they did. They did exactly those they got two a guard. things. They got Connor McGovern. They got Connor McGovern, who is a very good guard, way better than what they had last season, especially if we're considering that they started Roger Saffold for all 17 games. And they spent a second round draft pick on a, a rookie. So but it's a it's rookie a second first, round pick who struggled off. to beat out Ryan Bates. Connor McGovern had an injury a week ago and didn't even play in the last preseason game. Like we're not talking about two guys that are guaranteed to elevate this offensive line. We're hoping that Spencer Brown is awesome than last year's. I think they will be better, but we're banking on the rookie continuing to be better than Ryan Bates, which I think will happen. We're banking on Connor McGovern establishing himself as just a lock at left guard. And hopefully this injury is nothing. And we're really banking on the big one here that Spencer Brown turns out to be a really good right tackle. 
because they've done nothing well, yeah. to supplant him or to My even thing, apply though, pressure. Spencer Brown was Spencer Brown was so bad last season that he can only get better or his replacement can only be better. You know what I mean? So I'm not really worried about right tackle like you are. Yeah, I'm worried think, about right tackle. And I also uh, think you, you need to start getting worried about Deion Dawkins getting worse because he's not at the prime right, of his that's career true, anymore. Actually. So that's true. It's, and, and Mitch, Mitch Morse being like one concussion away from an early retirement. Yeah. Which, so I know, think that the offensive line is an actual thing is confusing a little bit that they didn't just attack it, but they made moves and don't forget about Dalton Kincaid. Like this offense is going to be way more dynamic. Gabe Davis looked really good in preseason. That's what I think. Yeah. Just in general. So we both got the bills at number one, obviously. That article uh, is and bananas. Mike Florio is full of it. Yeah. But like people uh, are doing that all over the place. You, This is the third time you've brought up right. an article by some dumb dumb online who needs clicks on his website. <laughs> so there you go. He got another idiot. It's been a long time since I heard someone referred to as a dumb dumb. That's a good yeah, one. My vocabulary right. is. So we both impressive. have the bills. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're learning from your young son. There. Uh, I've got the Bills at number one. I've got the Jets at number two. And yes, I was sucked in by Hard Knocks, I believe, just enough to uh, help them eke out a playoff spot against the Dolphins. Um, my final playoff spot because I've got the Bengals and Chargers as my other wild card teams. Uh, the Dolphins finished third, and the Patriots in last place. Yeah, I think I have the same exact prediction you do same exact playoff teams same exact order uh i just think the dolphins have a lot they've got a lot of talent they've got a lot of speed but it's all hanging on this cliff that if the wind blows wrong one moment you've got injuries to critical members of the team and that's right. Tua, very fragile. Sure, he did some jujitsu in the offseason or whatever. Maybe that'll work out, but I'm not going to go write an article saying, well, now Tua's never going to get hurt, obviously, so let's make predictions based on that. He's probably going to get hurt again. Uh, you got Tyreek Hill, who's, I guess he was battling with a legal thing, but it sounds like he'll get to play. Maybe the NFL will right. penalize him or suspend him. Um, but when your whole game is speed, you can't do that into your 30s. So that's going to come down. Um Jalen Waddle, same thing, crazy fast, but injuries are a problem for players who are small and everything is based on speed. So if you have an injury to one of these speedsters or Tua, the whole offense is done. And I don't think that's I the case with Jaylen other teams. I believe Jalen Waddle is currently dealing with an injury. Yeah, right. If I'm not so mistaken, he's got I like think a hammy pole or Their team, like and obviously their defense, they already had an injury to Jalen Ramsey. I think... It's a team that could be awesome and on paper is very impressive and made some good moves and could make some noise, but I'm not going to bet on that happening because it's too fragile of a thing. I think New York has a much yeah. more solid situation. They've got backups in positions to perform well if their starters go down. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is a much more stable addition to the team at quarterback than Zach Wilson was. I think their coaching staff is good. I think the Miami coaching staff is good. But I've got a lot more faith in what the Jets are doing than the than the Dolphins, and I don't even think I'm going to say the name my New England Patriots all season long. Like, why even think about them or address them? I guess we'll play them twice, so Oof. I'll probably see them on the field. But other than that, pff, afterthought. Who cares? Oh, you'll see them on the field. Interesting. Yeah, I guess we'll play them twice. Probably, like from, right? F- yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought you meant like you'll see them from the field. Like you'll be there on the field with them. I guess what I you mean don't... is you'll see them on the field from watching on your couch that's right that's right i will one day wake up and be like oh yeah that's the new england patriots and that's the team that we're 
obliterating by 40. All right, on to next week. And that's all we'll think about the England Patriots. Sounds good. Sounds good. That might be a sound bite in a future (laughs) episode. (laughs) So I am picking the Buffalo Bills to be the best team in the NFL this season to win the AFC East, to earn the only first round bye in the AFC, and to walk to the Super Bowl for the first time in team history. That's my prediction. We agree. Bills, baby. Bills by 100. Super Bowl nice. champs. Right, right. I'm glad that you know we got that monkey off our backs. Uh, that's it for this episode. Next week, we will be back, and we will be back with, obviously, the pre-game show yeah, for the season opener, Bills Jets. It's going to be a good one. I can't wait to talk about it, Graham. Yeah, I guess Sunday morning we'll have to pump one out um, while the pregame sure. stuff is going on for everything else al- around refresh, the league. Keep refreshing so your podcast. Uh, yeah, whatever source you get your podcast or listen to your podcast on, just keep spend all day on Sunday refreshing until we release it, until Phineas gets it out there to you. Thank you, as always, to our loyal fans. It was good to see some of our fans in the flesh, Graham, when I was back in the States. Always good to check in with them. Special shout out to Trent for uh, you know, letting us what, know what happened at the Bills-Steelers game because we were not able to watch it in the moment. So right. shout out and to we, him. Yeah. We never got to catch up with our, our correspondent in Chicago, but it'd be good to have him on at some point as well. Yeah, we didn't. He was not there actually, though. So that was, uh, oh. he watched the same game we did on TV. <laughs> All right, then. He said he was going to go and then did not. But I don't blame him. Game tickets were 50 bucks for a preseason game. That's ridiculous. I would not have paid that either. So, yeah, I thought he already no. had tickets, though. It's not so. worth. Nah, nah. He was, he was, he was playing with it. He was playing a dangerous game, trying to get tickets at the last minute and could not get them. But we love him anyway, as we love all of our fans. And uh, go Bills. Go Bills. Oh no.